It's time for Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Author, expert sales trainer, and serial entrepreneur Steve Noodleberg wants to help you change your life and your business using his 27 roles for influencers and leaders. Tell me something good. This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast with Steve Noodleberg. Here's Josh Cohen. And welcome to yet another edition of the Confessions of a Serial Salesman. The podcast is based, as you know, on the book in hardcover and in paperback and even in audiobook format. We are already to episode number 80, and you seem to be in an especially good mood today, Steve I Norberg. am in an especially good mood. Dancing to the music. Uh, our guest, uh, Shannon McKee, uh, we know each other a long time. We're friends. She was a client of On the Ball. We have. She actually still likes us. So that's kind of nice. <laughs> wow. Yes. Wow. I know it's amazing, isn't it? Does he owe you money or something? <laughs> he may. Normally, when the people like Steve, that they're trying to collect on best debts. <laughs> you know what? We we did great work, great entrepreneurial work back in the day, um, and you know the the richness that I get to you know share is the people and. You know, we, we reached out. We hadn't spoken in a while. Last time we had dinner down in Miami mm-hmm. a while back. She is the ultimate entrepreneur. She's got three or four different big things going on. Um, I'll let her tell you. But Shannon McKee, president, Access Cruise Incorporated, co-founder of Zelia. Exactly. I'm pronouncing that correctly. You did that yes, perfectly. and a few yes, more. I did. I did. Uh, you and Steve, he says you go back years. Do you remember the first time you encountered this young man? You know, we were talking about that at lunch. We were trying to decide the first time, and I cannot remember how we actually met. It was not memorable. <laughs> no, I don't think it was that. I think we met through nice one of your connections. You I think it was through networking, I think. But once we did meet and we started working together, all my memories have been very fond. That's really awesome. And we found... You, you had know, a great idea. You know, unfortunately, one of those things in when you're an entrepreneur, you can't bring everything over the goal line. Mm-hmm. We certainly tried mm-hmm. every which way, um, but uh, she had worked in the cruise industry for a long time. All right. There was a, a formula that they used to clean the ships. Right. It, we were trying to get it on the ships, but we thought was that it would be a great formula for the consumer market. And when you say it, formula, you don't mean plan. You mean a solvent, actually. It was a solvent. Gotcha. It okay. was a cleaning solvent that actually... Uh, laid a mechanical killing agent that would continue with the cleaning process so that germs would not spread in a space. Wow. So when you think about how often you clean, it actually gave you 30 days of continuing to kill germs mm-hmm. in that space. And so we created a great brand name. We created a great story. We went so all good. the way. And what we couldn't get was the FDA approval for an EPA number. Really? For, for consumers. consumers. Right. We had yeah. an EPA for the commercial but not consumer it's funny before the mics came on we were just talking about what a scam the fda is it's a whitening tooth it's very political it's very political it was very political and we were trying through all of our connections to get somebody to go on our behalf and we lost a couple of times if i remember we lost we we went there many many times it was over several years that we continued down that path was was this your first you know and goal to go situation where you turned it over on downs is a football analogy is this is this That's the a first time that was the first that you brought the ball 99 yards at the one yard line it's first and goal now it's second and third and fourth and goal and right. it's incomplete it's incomplete okay it's still a, incomplete still incomplete this, still if incomplete. we were to bring that to market today i firmly believe it's a winning product like it was then mm-hmm. it would win even more now which is the shame of it but that's what being an entrepreneur is like you know you get knocked down and you some people stay down you did what do you learn from that you know, I learned that you're going to have wins and you're going to have losses, mm-hmm. but you know, you can't quit. 
at the end of the day, you have to pick yourself up, brush yourself off. You know, so what? I lost a little bit of money. I still think it's a great idea. Mm -hmm. You know, who knows? Steve and I, maybe we may partner again and we may take it to market. I still think it's a great idea. It's unbelievable. Um, But, you know, you got to keep going. If you're an entrepreneur, you have to keep going. That's the the big takeaway on this. So what is your story? What what is your backstory? We, We talk to so many entrepreneurs and serial entrepreneurs, which is a trendy term now. I asked a girl the other day on Instagram, she's about 25 years old. In her bio, it said serial entrepreneur. So I said, okay, I'm going to say, hey. At 25. Because I know this young lady. And so a little bit. And I said, all right, well, tell me more about this serial entrepreneur. What, what it is. Because I think it's such a catchphrase. Yeah. Like we talk about artists in this and hands curated. They talk about curated this or and that. Or somebody in a challenge. You know you're not a serial. So <laughs> I want to know. I, I wanted to know what made her a serial entrepreneur. But what was your first foray into what we refer to as entrepreneurship? We've had guests on this uh, podcast that did everything from create a board game based on their hometown where they sold That's a good monopoly one. based <laughs> real estate, which amazed me, to lemonade stands. Well, do you remember your first four? You know, I remember. I mean, I've, I did the traditional. I mean, I grew up in a traditional family. Everybody had jobs. And so, you know, when I went to college, I definitely have always had that entrepreneur spirit. Um, but I went off to college and I really didn't want to go into the corporate world Where'd right away. I school? went to Texas Christian University. There you go. TCU. I'm a, horn frog, horn frog. a horny toad. Horn there you frogs. go. <laughs> That's Andrew Dalton. That's Andrew There's a whole nother conversation about horny toads. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. We won't go there. So you put the Christian in uh, Texas Christian. Yes, indeed. Wait, first ever, um, Heisman. No, I'm sorry. Not first ever. 1938 Heisman trophy winner, Davey O'Brien, Texas Christian University. Wow. Really? Yeah. Smoke. If you know a random year, you can win bar bets. I like I don't know 37 like or 39, but, but you, if you just no know one random year. you, right? 1930, 1938, Davey O'Brien. Look it up, Kalavica. Nice. Continue. I like it. So, you know, it was, it was, it was fun. I loved TCU, but I, I wasn't ready to go in the corporate world. So I went off and instead of joining the circus, I joined a cruise ship. Really? And so I went out. To, it's, a, it's its own circus. Okay. So I went out to sea for eight years. I was a cruise director. Lots of fun. The life of the party. Cruise director. Cruise director. We were in like, charge. Like, Julie McCoy. I, That's I right. Was, I was just. I was just waiting for a chance to pop a 1970s reference of Julie McCoy Love Boat, and you're Shannon McKee. McKee McCoy McCoy McKee. Close enough. Close enough. Julie. But you're too young to have done that then. That's the problem. That's so true, you, right? You were, you were a little kid watching reruns at home in your pajamas like I was. <laughs> Love boat. Exactly. But Captain Steubing is definitely in the He's still out there. Gavin he's McCloud? still out there. He's not alive still. There's yes. no, Gavin McCloud's still alive? Yes, he still does the circuit at all the cruise shows. Come he's still McLeod. there for Princess. The great thing about him is that he never aged because he was bald from age 12. <laughs> like on Mary Tyler Moore, he was bald, right? Ed Grant, whatever, he's bald. Gavin McCloud. Captain Stu being been bought. So we looked the same for the last literally 60 years, probably. We, we just lost the entire young audience. No. <laughs> Exciting <laughs> and new. <laughs> Do you remember the decks on the love boat? It was oh, yeah. the, the promenade. Sure, the, uh, the fiesta. She lived it. This yeah, was what she did. No, but on the remember love boat, they had one boat was all. Yes. It was the same, right? And But the decks were like the promenade, the fiesta, and the Lido. The Lido deck. Yep. Okay, well, whatever. Continue. <laughs> so we played that game, and then I moved into the office, and I played the corporate ladder game. It worked my way up through the organization. You don't seem like a corporate office all day you know, kind of I, a gal. I did it. But, you know, in the cruise industry, you're not. You're traveling all the time. You're on the road. You're on ships. But, you know, eventually it came to a point where I got to a, a level at that at sea level and I was like, this is not fun anymore. Mm. This is not what I'm here to do. So mm-hmm. I took the jump. I took the plunge and and never you know, looked back and never looked back. And, and what was that first foray? There was the solvent. Here was the formula. You know, th- first of all, I just started as a, a consulting firm. I thought people just started coming to me and saying, hey, can you help us? Can you help us break into the cruise industry? Can you take us on as a client? And so that's what I did. And I immediately picked up about four or five clients. So I had an income and I was working 
And as I started working through it, that's where I found the solvent. Somebody that had come to me said, we had a great idea. Can you take this to the cruise industry? And I saw what they had, and I saw the benefit to the cruise industry. But what I also saw is that there was a consumer market for it. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, I'm a new mother. Um, we're all fanatics. Uh, we're crazy when it comes to cleaning and wanting to keep things clean. This is a wonderful agent. I'm going to take this to market. There's a consumer and need for it. That there's a consumer the need for it. There's a takeaway. So uh, we do this podcast from the ESPN West Palm Studios, and where I do the daily radio show alongside Kim Levicka. We have interns, and one intern, a young man, what's your story? So I'm an entrepreneur. That's the buzzword now for all the 19, 20, 20 well, they are a lot all of, yeah. I said, well, so what do you got? And he's talking about a, a pre-mixed cocktail in a can. And okay, it's been done before. And so he said, advice. I said, yeah, find something that people need and then find a way to sell it to them. Yeah. Figure out what they need, you know, beyond, you know, improving an existing product. So the important takeaway here is that identifying that there is a consumer demand for something, right? Absolutely. It's a lot easier to give them what they need than try and convince them that they want what you have. So the interesting part, the education that we got, and this was a really fun project for us. We saw it. We knew it could be something. And you loved it too. You believed it. it Right from the get. It was like, yeah, this is good. This could be in every household. But because of that, you deal with the big companies who are the ones that keep Companies like this well, off the shelf. Procter and Gamble, Johnson and Johnson. There you go. It was J and J. It was J and J. Right. They kept them. it on. Like, oh no, 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 no. That one's not going to market. Of course not. And th- that's the first realization where you say to yourself, "All right, we can't outspend them." Their attorneys yeah. were, you know. So it was like, "Wow, what a bummer!" But reality is reality. And what do you do? You back up and you yeah. put it on the shelf and you you say, "Wow, well, we did it." I mean, the naming and the packaging and everything about... We all done. We did a commercial, I think. We did. We did, we a, did commercial. a commercial. Right? Yeah. And, did. And, and none of the major players were interested in acquiring? You know, it wasn't my, it wasn't my company. It wasn't my formula. Uh, I was white labeling. So they gotcha. had this as a commercial product, and a lot of people were white labeling it. I was the first to come to them and say, I see a consumer path for this product. Gotcha. And we were the only ones doing it, and we had an exclusive to take it to consumers. And no one's done it since, yeah. which shows you how good it could have been, but it would infringe on all of the, the, you know, the grandfathered players in the space. But you've moved on to so many new and great things. I have. Like what? Fill us so, in. So after that, obviously, I still have my consulting firm, which is Access Cruise, but I also... Um, I found a, a gentleman who was... And what is in, Access Cruise? Are you consulting whom to do what? We are consulting. We are consulting with destinations from around the world. We consult with the state of Hawaii. We consult with Israel on bringing cruise ships to their marketplace. You're also, a conduit of a sort. Yes. Okay. Which yes. was a very similar marketplace that I had, mm-hmm. which was like, hey, listen, tell me what you're trying to do, and I'll take you because I know the people you need to talk to. Right. She was doing that in the cruise space. Hey, I've got this product. It's probably good for cruises. But I don't know who to go to. I don't know how to sell it. No. I don't know. You know, she would do that. But and we continue to do that. But but there's there's simple genius in the name of your company. We, you know, we joke on the air again. We keep referencing the radio show. But Lifetime Movie Network airs movies called My Mother's a Step. Uh, My stepmother's a murderer. And it's like okay, everything you need to know is in the title, right? I mean, <laughs> it's like, so, so, so no in, surprises. <laughs> in a day and age of clutter and noise, you'll notice that like Dunkin' Donuts just said, "Screw it, we're Dunkin'." Right, you know, you know the brand. Access Cruise kind of tells me, okay, what it is you do, who right. you are, what you do, all in one. And I think that's an important message not to be lost on those who listen to this. Which is why guidance. it's a successful firm. You know, it's- the same young man that came in with his, I'm an entrepreneur, and I got the beverage and a can, and, the, and he's he's got a podcast, got 17 words in the name. Oh my and god! Go, no, 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 no. 
this is what it is now. He goes, you sure? I said, yeah, that's it. Excess Cruise is brilliant in the simplicity. It's who you are, what you do. Right. Ten years in the business. We still continue to thrive. Bam. We have about 20 clients and, you know, we're working. But mm-hmm. from that is where we often find our other opportunities. One is we are, or I am, the co-owner of a company in Honduras called Banana Coast Tours. We are a tour company. My partner actually owns the port. So when you a ship comes into port, you also have to have tours to sell to them for right. what the companies are looking for and what the passengers are going to do. So based on my cool. previous experience at Norwegian Cruise Line, we created 24 tours in this small port. And mm. so we run a tour company down in Honduras. How about so that? So there's another company. How about that? Yeah. And Zilia does what? Zilia is my recent invention, and I have some co-founders, and what it is is it's a standardized platform that brings the world together for all the destinations around the world, as well as the cruise lines into one common platform so that we can share information, everything from your assets to videos and um, any nitty-gritty port details. There's 3,000 ports out there in the world, so it's a very big space, and it continues to grow. And so as it continues to grow, it's becoming more and more difficult to make the matches. And so that's really what we're trying to do is match make. And we've created this common platform now in a marketplace Listen, to bring everybody together. The, the matchmaking, I mean, Steve's made a living somehow magically for decades doing whatever <laughs> this is. Matchmaking, exactly connecting, right. right? I mean, this exactly is right. what, what the company does is what you do personally. Exactly right. And, and that's and what it's I a am. skill. It is a real Connector. skill to be able to do that to you know I, I liken it to the game of concentration you know like somebody will tell you something and you'll see that number and then the number turns away could be three months later you hear something else and you go wait a minute you two need to be talking that number's over there that number's over there and if yeah. you can make that match people are more than willing to pay for it because it comes out of nowhere it's driving Absolutely. new revenue and there's i've never been in a situation where people wouldn't pay me a part of new mm-hmm. revenue problem with sales in general is people want to get paid before there's new revenue so it's right so we we continue to just build we see opportunities and i'm one of those people i mean whether you call it a serial entrepreneur i don't call myself a serial entrepreneur Mm -hmm. but i'm one of those people that when i see an opportunity i if i think it's a good one i i jump on it and i move forward do you have criteria of an internal uh, barometer do you have an internal test of ooh, that's a good that's not a good i mean is, is is there like a litmus test for you you know, it's a little bit of, of you know, some of it is intuition. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of it is that you ask around, you find out, is there a path for this? I mean, when I launched Zelia, I went to the industry and to a, a very small group of influencers and I presented my idea and I said, look, this is this is what it looks like. This is our map. What do you think? And they said, if you build it, we will use it. We are in it for you. They're my testimonials. They're the ones that are selling it. Even more than me selling it, they are selling it to the destination. What's their incentivization? For them, what's in it for them? It's hitting the easy button. It's, uh, it's about making their lives easier, I'm right? So, and so, that's what that's Which is really, a solution. I'm it's so, a solution. I'm so glad you said that. I had this conversation with a young friend of mine, a female who's 27 years old. Does he talk to a lot of young females? I sure Give do. Me. She started a company five years ago, <laughs> and now they are doing huge things. And she didn't realize she was an entrepreneur. She just thought she was a young lady who had an idea, something that would be a better idea. And so I said to her, you know, she submitted a a bid for something, the Fort Lauderdale uh, boat show. And I won't get into too many details, but I said, remember who gets the job in life. The decision maker is going to say, can you make my life easier? Can you make me money? And can you make me look good? And if you meet those criteria, you're going to get the gig. People forget, you know, like James Carville said, you know, you know, it's the economy stupid. Keep it simple with Bill Clinton back in 92. 
if you can make someone's life easier, a lot of times it's come do this for me, please. Right? Absolutely. Listen, Apple's whole value proposition was they made it easier to listen to music. I mean, they just it was pretty simple. Sure. You're gonna look good. You're gonna be how able did to Sony? How did I mean Sony invented portable music? How they screw that? Up? Yeah. How, how did I mean? How did Blockbuster screw up? You know, well, you well, they didn't see the path for the future. They didn't, future. See, they didn't path, see the streaming right. path. But but even with streaming, it wouldn't have helped them because they still had brick and mortar stores. Well, they laughed at streaming. They just said that's well, not to. going to be a well, path. You, you so. have to to say like, yeah, it doesn't mean anything's no good. But how did how did Sony? But they mean, could have been the net Netflix, the Netflix, right? right? But they would still would have closed all the stores. Right. They still would have had to lay off right. all those employees. Right. They still would have had to do, do what they did. But they, they just, wouldn't go away. Right. But just be a couple of, you know board members that still got paid. <laughs> how do you guys are entrepreneurs? How did Sony miss? I think that's a lesson in here that. How did Sony miss the boat? They invented portable music. They invented, they invited, they were the walk created right. the Walkman radio, right. then the cassette player, then the Sony. They invented portable pocket entertainment. How'd they miss the boat on all yeah, this, including smartphones? That's a good conversation. Tell me, Shannon. You know, I think sometimes, and I don't know that that's the case for Sony, but I think sometimes we can get fat and lazy, right? Mm -hmm. We sit there and we say, look, with the great product that we have, we pat ourselves on the back and say, look, Content. we're golden, right? Yeah. The fact is, is that any entity, it's living and breathing and it has to morph and it has to change and it has to grow with society. Yeah. If you don't consider, continue you to satisfy the, the needs, then it's, you're going to die. Yeah, if you're not changing, then you die. So the, the thing that's really cool about Shannon, there's lots of cool things, but she yeah. has a passion for travel. I mean, this is what she lives for. Yep. So when you take your own passion and you can actually help others understand what good travel is, what, you know, that's, it's a real key ingredient because I don't, you know, if you get into something that you don't love and your why is off, you know, I, I think I don't you know, care. There's no way to do it at the scale that you need to do it in order to be successful. We were on Love Boat from the 19, late 70s and earlies. Let's go Irene Cara, 83. Take your passion, make it happen. Right. Oh, that's the a song, good one. What a feeling from right. Flash That's Dance. a really good <laughs> Take your passion. Look at you, man. Great advice for wow. her. She was a... That's a good one. Remember, she was a, a steel worker right. who also was working as an exotic dancer. That was exactly. Jennifer something. Jennifer Beale. Jennifer Beale. And she took her passion and made it happen. And you have to have a passion. If you don't have the passion, why why are you going to be in I mean, it? She's it's not about the money. All the time, she's in exotic places all the time. So you just loving her it. free time. When you said at lunch today, you go, "I work really hard so that I can vacation." You know? My biggest challenge is is that you know I have a family, so it's trying to find that work life balance because. If I could, I would be on a plane even more. And mm -hmm. in the summer, my kids are on the plane with me, and right. they're happy to go along with me and tag along to wherever it is that I'm dragging them to around the world. And, That's and just how our great lifestyle. is it that at their age, they're seeing and doing and you know being exposed to all that? I mean, listen, I was 13 before I was on a plane. Or I mean, it was are you serious. You know, I don't know. Well, that was, <laughs> sounded good. But back, back, back then, though, there was only one propeller on the front, <laughs> and every like, and you know, I am the oldest guy in the room. Let's call it what it is. Men wore fedoras, <laughs> women wore dresses, and they were thirteen yeah, seats on the plane. People dress up. <laughs> um, you you said you used the the buzzword influencer earlier. Yes, it has a different meaning now than it did even ten years ago. Than it did certainly thirty years ago. Now, an influencer oftentimes is a nineteen year old boy with a YouTube channel. Um, is 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 a seventeen year old girl with an Instagram an influencer is has a different meaning to generation now yes. post millennial generation now. What did you mean by your influencers when you talked about how they helped you um, as the conduit there with Zelia? So the difference for me is I haven't tried to play in a really large space. I've tried to play in a very small space, but very unique and build products around that unique space that I do plan, which is the cruise space. 
So when I say influencers, it is your cruise line executives that are the people that are making the decisions. The decision so makers. They are the decision makers. So right. when I go to the decision makers, to all the different cruise lines, the 90 of them that are out there and say, this is what I have. Would you use it? Do you like it? They're the ones that are saying, we love it. And they can push it out to the 3,000 ports out there in the world to say, we're going to use this platform. We think you should be a part of it. Isn't it fascinating that influencer one, yeah. used to mean and should mean the folks on the inside that can sway the opinion and decision and now it means the girl in the bikini who's 19 years old holding up a bottle of skinny tea on Instagram and she posts the picture and they give her $15,000 for the week. But the takeaway is yeah. that would never fly in B2B. No. You know, like, no. That would never fly in the boardroom no. because, you know, when she shows up, she shows up authentically as someone who's been in the space. Right. Someone who understands the but space. But the term influencer oh, yeah, it means it's something. It's very different yeah, very on different. social media yeah. versus right. in B2B, right? right? We spent a lot of time today right. at lunch talking about social media and all of the things about what to post, when to post, why to post. I mean, it is a big job to understand all that because it does have an impact. But people yeah. still don't want to be sold. If you're pushing me an agenda, if you're clearly, blatantly, obviously pushing me an agenda to try sell me something, I'm still blocking you out like I'm walking through the mall and the guy goes, excuse me, excuse me, can I see your uh, cuticles? Exactly right. Right? But I think it's, as Steve said or in his book, which is, it's finding the fit and finding the value. Mm. And what I've worked really hard to do is identify what the fit is and finding the value. We bring value to both the cruise lines as well as to the destinations. The destinations can now see through Zelia which cruise lines are shopping their destinations so that they can have meaningful conversations. Mm. You know, putting your, putting your ad out there in social media, putting an ad out there in a magazine or online, uh, in the internet, you have no idea who's watching you mm -hmm. and who's not. What I do is I bring a unique platform together and a marketplace together where you can actually see who is watching you. This is narrow targeting. The, yes, it's very targeted. This is the very, very narrow targeted. But, but ultimately, at the end of the day, and this rings true just about in every sales situation, people buy from people that they know and that like. they like right. and they trust. Right. And so, you know, part of this is the experience you bring to it. You know, this is not just, hey, I got an idea and I'm trying to push it up the mountain. I've been there, I've done it. I, I know that if I was on the other side, you would make a decision. Well, I'm a destination. Right, I mean, you have to right, remember, right. I also own a tour company in a destination. That would My partner owns the destination right. and right. we use the product. So ex explain that because um, that's almost like a self-connecting uh, circuit, right? That's a... That She's a customer and the client. <laughs> right. So in layman's, the in layman's terms. Yes. You're the customer and the client. Um, oftentimes, I notice here on the sheet, whoever prepares these talking points. Shay. Uh, Shay. <laughs> um, he, he often asks the same question for me to ask of, for us to discuss. Challenges you see as a female entrepreneur. Um, is, is it different? Is, 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 is in this day and age, is it still different? I mean, to I think yes and no. I think I'm in, in a bit of a unique space because I do work internationally. Mm -hmm. So there are definitely still cultural differences oh, for point. females. Sure. You know, working in Honduras as a female is very different than working in the States That's as a, a female. Yep. So, you know, Access Cruise is an all-female organization. If I look at Zelia, it, you know, I'm the token female in that organization. Do I see a difference? Absolutely not. Not here in the States. Now, when I look at Banana Coast down there, sure. being a female, it can be a, a little bit, you know, sometimes I have to send my business partner forward because they don't want to deal with and me. And that's good perspective because I don't think people realize that the rest of the world is not operating well, we're at the very level. ethnocentric. Correct. We yeah. think the world goes to bed and we go to bed. Right. You know, that they're all watching the Super Bowl. They don't care about our damn Super Bowl. Right. You know, it's, it's our own American ways. Um, keys to success. 
for people starting out. Everybody uh, likes to learn from those before them unless it's not what they thought it should be in the first place. That's the age we live in now. So the 22-year-old graduating thinks they know better than you do, even though you've been there, done that, won, lost, won again. Uh, what are the do's and what are the don'ts of now deciding for some of these listeners to, uh, to go out instead of being corporate to create their own path? You know, I think, number one, you have to have persistence. You know, I say persistence beats resistance every time. Great. If you're not persistent and you're not on the ball and you're not moving forward, on the ball. then it's exactly, then you might as well just give up and walk, and walk away. Persistence beats resistance, like you old... know, because you're going to get a lot of no's. I mean, the fact is, is that when you start a business, whether you like it or not, you are a salesman. And I know there's the, you know, the, yeah. the ooh, taboo salesman. The fact is you are a salesman if you start a business. You are a salesman well, for you, your business. If and you don't you can, sell anything, you don't have a business. Exactly. You have a hobby, so. And you're going to take a lot of no's. And so you have to be persistent. Yeah, take a no, pick yourself up, and keep going. Right. And the second thing I would say is action. You know, after I, I created and I put the whole plan together and moved it forward for Zelia, I had somebody walk up to me and he said, you know, that was my idea three years ago. Mm-hmm. And I said, great. Where does it, where is it? <laughs> yeah. You know, if you don't take right. action, right. you know, don't tell me what your ideas was years ago. You have to take action. So if you want to be an entrepreneur, don't just put it in your head, put it on paper There's and a lot start of taking some action. There's a lot of dreamers. There's a lot of dreamers. How many doers are there? There's, well, there's, not, there's, there's a lot fewer doers. Right, and, right? and completers. And complainers. There's a lot of those out there, too. Well, yeah. knowing that when you take action, there's a high percentage that you're going to fail, which is what stops people from taking that action. But once you understand that you're going to learn from the failures and it's going to take you in another place, the, guys in the, the failures of, are not that big a deal. The guys in the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown failed seven out of ten times. Seven out of every ten times. Seven out of ten times right. they failed, and they're in the Hall of Fame greatest of all time. But, but the human brain is programmed to protect the body. They, they protect you. They don't want you in a position where you can get hurt. That is the fence that people need to get over, which great entrepreneurs figure out. Okay, this is the obstacle. This is what I need to do. I'm afraid of getting you know rejected, but... If that's the worst that happens, then I'm, you know, I'm jumping in and I'm going. I tell my team that all the time. What's the worst thing they can say? Mm-hmm. No. Right. But that's it, pretty it, shitty, though. <laughs> sure. But if you're dealing with a younger generation, uh, they are more spoiled to what they want, when they want, how they want, as well as they don't confront conflict. They just ghost. Yeah. L- literally, you know the term ghosting. Yeah. Where, where you know, you, you used to text someone and be like, "Listen, I need to talk. Can can you talk?" And, and, and then it was like, they just text and say, I don't want to see you anymore. Now they just disappear like they vanished. They yeah. Well, you know, they don't it, tell you. There's no clue. So for in a business sense, I'm, I see it carrying over. Big time. Where it's just like, oh, I'm leaving that be, uh, ignoring like it never happened because it's not what they want, how they want, when they want. Well, Simon Sinek points to us as parents creating that culture in our kids where we protect them to the point where they, you know, everybody wins a trophy. That doesn't work. You know, just fundamentally can't be an entrepreneur because you're not going to get the trophy every time you know and you know i look at my daughter and and i have to say that i i said this earlier today i learned from her also because how old is your daughter she's 10 okay so when i say no that means maybe and when i say maybe that means yes (laughs) so i'm hiring her tomorrow (laughs) she's in well she got the right attitude she has the persistence right she oh no okay i'll ask you again tomorrow you know because i'm pretty sure it means maybe but her whole life she's had uh digital screens in front of her and Google and YouTube. Yes. It's whatever she wanted to know, whenever she wanted, wherever she wanted. It's whatever she wanted to watch and see whenever. So so that's a different, the brain is wired differently now. Right. You're a 10-year-old. 
there's a way, there's a solution. I want this and I want, that's not the one I want. I wanted this version of the video that was on YouTube. I mean, that they don't understand what it's like to have to wait till next Saturday to see what happened on Love Boat. That's true. They don't know. Or, or to, you know, get, take in your pictures and wait a week to get your pictures back. Correct. And, 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 <laughs> the, right. and, and it's not good for the human being to need whatever they want, whenever they want, whoever they want. That creates bank rage, road rage, air rage, all those things that we find disruptive. In a lot of the training that I do, and this mirrors the conversation we're having, the one skill set that people are void right now is patience. Like, dude, this isn't going to happen tomorrow. Like, just because you decided to invest in the process, you know, and that's one of the things we teach people is that it will come. Um, You know, when it comes, I don't know, but you got to keep going at it because it's usually just before you know, you're about to give up is when all of a sudden the success comes. And I tell my clients that for Access Cruise all the time. I said, look, if you want to engage in the cruise industry, this is a long-term process. This is not in the the next month you're going to have a a contract. That's not the way they work. They They will work. They will ask you for all your information now. And then you will wait six months until they make a decision. The 22-year-olds aren't down with that. Yeah. No. And they well, walk away. Nobody really And they is. walk away because nobody they're really. not really in it for the long haul. But we as a species, the human species, we are no longer patient because our internet is that fast, because the answers are that quick, because it's whatever, wherever, whenever. And we see it, you know, in, in sports radio, we see it when people, I, I notice people are so quick now to want to fire the coach or to go oh, yeah. to the backup quarterback or to make a change difference because they're 0-2 on a season. And it wasn't that way 20 years ago. 20 years ago, was, well, let's see this Sunday. Let's see what happens. We were at a wedding this weekend. You stick weekend. to the strategy that right. you put in place. We right. were at a wedding this weekend, and they had really poor internet. I was flipping out. Man. It was like I couldn't get it. Travel, <laughs> travel to Honduras, and you'll learn to be patient. See, right? You'd have to be. Right? <laughs> travel to some of the third world countries, and you will learn to be more patient. First world problem. First yeah. world problem. Uh, listen, Shannon, fascinating stuff. Congratulations wow. on uh, Zelia. Thank a, you. And Access Cruise. I love the fact that, again, what you do and, and what you are is right there in, in the title of the business. And as far as the solvent's concerned, I got a good feeling that's actually going to work out. We're going right. to tell me. Steve, you and I, we're back in. The universe is telling me that it's going to work out. And Ken knows I'm a little psychic, which is weird. But we joke on the uh, on the show with my uh, other co-host, Dean Thomas, like fabuloso. I said, what's that made out of? He goes, three ingredients, uh, water, fragrance, and purple. <laughs> so... <laughs> Not like coloring, just right, purple, purple, just purple, yeah. like it's, a, like know, it's an it element, works. like it's an element in the chart. So I have a good feeling for your, um, your, your counteract. Yeah, it's, go, it's going to happen. It's called counteract. I mean, that counteract. Was the, yeah. One day you'll see it on yeah. the shelves and you'll know where name, it came so. from. Need a little PR because next time there's an outbreak where 60,000 people on a ship all get sick from something. Yeah, from the norovirus. Then, then That's go, what hey, it's for. We're sending you this so you don't ever have that problem again. Absolutely. Awesome. Bam, we're on it. Yeah. Steve, um, as we wrap it up, you'd like to tell us oh, something awesome. good. That's what you do. That's how we do. So why don't you, as we put a bow on number 80, the Jerry Rice episode. Yeah, how about tell that? us something good. So I found out through my connections at United Way that there are 1,200 kids in Broward and uh, Palm Beach County that are waiting for a mentor. I heard that number and I flipped out. Waiting for a mentor? Waited, like 1,200 kids. I'm in. So I uh, found out it's about 97. And I will have, uh, I'm doing it. Mark's doing it. I think Michelle's going to do it. We're um, twice a month. We're take, we're going to the school and we will ment- We have a kid that will be assigned to us who they've already pre-qualified as somebody who should have a mentor. And I couldn't be more excited All right, sign because me up. it's about give to get, not to keep score. Right. But I know when I do that, the universe is going to do something great for me. Mm-hmm. So imagine that 12th. 
hundred kids Tim want. Yeah, you know, Tim, Tim McGraw, humble and kind. Uh, don't forget when you get where you're going, turn around and help the next one in line. I love it, man. Send the elevator back down, so I'm doing it. That's it. Our well, thanks that's, again that's to my Shannon good. Thank McKee. You. Uh, let's do 81. 81. Is that Terrell Owens? That would be Terrell Owens, I guess. Stay with the Niners. Okay, good. We'll do that. For Steve Nilberg, Josh Cohen saying thank you for listening. We will catch you next time on the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast. So long, everybody. <laughs>